Hey, I'm Peter Tomasi. I write Superman and uh, about to write Super Sons. And check out my creator-owned stuff, House of Penance, Light Brigade, and the Mighty, a Dark Horse. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> going to go ease myself into this episode, right? Smooth and easy. I look forward to this one all week long. Hope so. Well, you know, theoretically. Truth is always going to follow through. Yeah. But, you know, airing the grievances. <laughs> you do that. Not you forever. Fuck it. Dude, this thing was on Howard's first. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> that new album's horrendous. Didn't, I don't know nothing about it, but, uh, uh Well, it's all that temp sex. It's unbelievable, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. Good on him. Y'all see the news about Genesis? <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw, it was a five or six of them in the, uh. If it doesn't include Peter Gabriel, do I want to know? It doesn't. It, it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> it's the good version of Genesis. Oh, no! <laughs> No, back that bus up. We've already discussed this. <laughs> oh, shit. God damn. Really, don't you lose my number. You get me all bristled early. Because you're not anywhere that I can't find you. Uh, Inside what is, what is the news uh, of Genesis? What, are they going to tour or something? Baby. Is it going to be just straight Genesis, or this Phil's going to sing some of his uh, popular numbers? They didn't say, but I'm imagining Phil will be singing some of his stuff, too. Uh, great. When are we going? Dude, I'm thinking... It's our next get-together. I like it. thinking. Okay. I would not mind seeing uh, Lamb Lies Down performed. That would be great. But then when he launches into Susu Studio, I'd have to take take my own life. Oh, my God. Dude, Susu Studio is a fucking power ballad. Stop. 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 It's a joke. The song sucks. Dude, I, I I can sing every word like it was... Like, the best. just say the word, dude. Oh my god, dude! How can you not love Susudio? Because it's terrible. Oh, you were out Plus of your mind. Fusion and shit, Invisible Touch going on. Oh, uh, yeah. Invisible Touch is Genesis, so that's the loudest. Right, say in the air tonight, dog. No, hey everybody, it's eleven o'clock comics, episode four hundred forty-six, dogs. And I am Vince B. Oh, you sure as hell are. I am David A. Price. And now I know that I'm too young. My love's just begun. Susudio! Oh, please. <laughs> Give me a chance, Vince. You're, Give me a sign. I'll you're so you smart. time. Because I'm Susudio. Well, it just, you know, intelligence does not come with taste, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. No, you're not. Um... Phil Collins, thankfully. You are Jason Woo. Oh, no. Together on this episode. Yeah. The, the, the gang back together. It's about time. I missed you last week. Oh, hell, I missed y'all. You did. It's rough. It was rough. It's a rough. Listen, I'll be, keep it real here. It was a, it's been a rough, like, 10 day window. It's been kind of rough, but I feel like. And you know who can alleviate some of that roughness? He, he has no interest. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> I was trying to use it as a, as a segue there. <laughs> why, oh, shit. why was it rough, Jason? 
Well, first of all, because they get to talk to y'all. Yeah, it's true. Second of all, you know, things didn't Stuff. quite go the way we planned. <laughs> but, listen, we're here to it talk happens. about All right. I like that approach. I was hoping that's the road you would take. Because that's why we're here to talk about comics, and there's only one place to get them. Discount Comic Book Service. Mm -hmm. DCBService.com. They have everything you could ever want on paper for a fraction of the retail price. The list is up, and it is spectacular. The number one item on your list should be the following. When you log into DCBS and you're doing your order, this is the first thing you click. Please, it's mandatory. I will have, I will brook no challenges on this. It's the Commandy Challenge. It's a twelve-issue miniseries. They are uh, casting this thing in the in the mold of the old DC Challenge, which was, as as David would be so kind to tell you, what was it, David? What was the old DC Challenge? That was a, I I think that was twelve issues also, but it was a. But, you had to get each each issue had a different artist and and a writer and you had a um you had to basically guess it was a who done it and and you had to figure it out um as the months went on and it yeah. was there was a there was a Gil Kane issue i remember that yes but i think uh, you're overlooking the cool thing about it was that the writers would intentionally try and get the the people that would follow them into dire straits. They would try to manipulate the story would and usually it left off at a cliffhanger where the other people would have to come in and pick it up and say, Oh my God, how are we going to make this work? I, and I then don't they JMS writing any. <laughs> no, it, the, it did finish. <laughs> so so yeah, the, the, nice. it, we, uh, we love the challenge and Come on, Commandy Challenge. Listen to the creative teams involved in this thing. Dan Abnett, Dale Eaglesham, Peter J. Tomasi, and Neil Adams, Jimmy Palmiani, and Amanda Connor. That's an odd pairing. James Tinian IV and Carlos Dienda, Bill Willingham and Ivan Rice, Steve Orlando and Philip Tan, Marguerite Bennett and Dan Jurgens, mm. Keith Giffen and Steve Rude. Steve Rude drawing Commandy, dude, come on. <laughs> the dude. Tom King and Kevin Eastman, Greg Pak and Joe Prado, Rob Williams with Walter Simonson, Gail Simone and Ryan Sook, and Len Wein with Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. So much, Damn. so much hotness. That's what I'm saying. This is the mandatory item of the month. It is the first issue. Cover price is $4.99. You will bring it home for a lousy $2.49. That's half off the cover. From Dark Horse, the patron saint of my life, Larry Martyr, is gracing us with another volume of Bean World. This is volume four. It's titled Hoka Hoka Burble Burble. And it is cover price is sixteen ninety nine. Forty percent off that, $10.19, and it's yours. The denizens of Bean World return in an all-new volume of the world's most peculiar comic book experience. Comic book experience. Bean World, volume four. 
Hoka Hoka Burble Burble. The Boomer Band discovers a new chow healing power that results in the Windy Songsterinos crew bringing a great rainstorm. The destinies of Mr. Spook, Professor Garbanzo, Beanish, and the Puddle Pool cuties change forever. You must have this. And over at Image, Charles Sewell, Ryan Brown, and Jordan Boyd are going to teach you some curse words. It's the first issue of what will probably be a long-running series. Uh, cover price three ninety nine. Your price, Jason. Dollar uh, ninety nine. Exactly. Were you looking at my my, no, my words? No, I here? just I order a lot from DCB service. There you go. Um, it's an evil wizard does bad things, and you must get this. Curse words number one. Uh, DCBService.com does not my late order late orders or <laughs> order additions. I'm see. I've been David and I have been drinking for like over an hour already. <laughs> They don't mind late orders or order additions, and you can get your stuff delivered right to your home. They are the absolute best, hands down. DCBService.com. What up? Well, uh, dude, so, uh, Bean World, I, I mean, I understand. Commandy is amazing, and I, I'm not surprised you made that your your top talking point, but, I mean, a new Bean World, dude, that's like... That's big doings. Big doings for you. And it's even bigger doings, because usually... I will spotlight the books that are 50% off. Bean World bucks the trend at 40% off, but I put it in because people need to know about this. Bargain at twice the price. Oh, sure. A hardcover for 10 bucks? Come on. I mean, by our man Martyr, dude. That's right. He has branded me. life. Dude's on my arm. Oh, oh. Art is everything, but... Well, no. Your tattoos art is everything. I'm saying art is life. Right. I'm not correcting you. Adapted. That's good. I'm, I'm adapted. That's dap, right? <laughs> oh my god! I'm talking about the tattoo. You're like, whoo, yeah. So oh, no. just ten days, right? It's just been it's just been a week. We what? haven't seen you. Christ. Hey, Jason. Vincenzo. I heard I heard something pop open in the background. What are you drinking? Well, I you did, but you're going to be disappointed because I know it's not. I know you're not a fan of it. Fresca. Nah, Miller Lite. Tab. <laughs> He's a tab. No, you know Miller Lite's okay. Yes, sir. Miller Lite. In lieu of something else, Miller Lite is fine. Yeah. Yep. So, what, you, what am I drinking? Yes. Sam Adams. My new favorite beer. Love it. Your go-to. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I, Sam never fails me. You do like this, whether, Sam. whether it's the winter wheat or the Oktoberfest or this just plain old Sam Adams. It's, I, I think it's an amazing, amazing brew. Great taste. What about you, Dap? Um, walked into a liquor store a couple of weeks ago and there was a fetching young woman, uh, with a few bottles on display offering samples and I, Decided to try a couple of things that they offered, and I left with um, the cheaper of them. But it's a uh, it's from Sonoma County, Kenwood Vineyards. Uh, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon, Ooh. and it is um, it's what caught my eye was the label on the other bottle, which is actually. Um, the estate of Jack London is actually letting the vineyard um, 
kind of tie it into the call of the wild and, and I guess some of the grapes are grown on, on their land. It, it's, she broke down the whole big thing about, you know, why it's a more limited edition and where the, the grapes are from for that particular bottle. But, um, no, this, this Kenwood is not too bad. I am, uh, they, they recommend you, uh, pair it with rich tomato based pasta. Mm-hmm. And, uh, beef rib roast. So it's, it's, it's nice and full. I am very, what's the matter, Vince? Rib uh, roast. Rib roast. But it's, it's, uh, no, it's, it's good. I've been drinking it for a while now since Vince and I have been here for a bit. And, oh, um, man. it's never uh, going to let you forget that, Jason. Oh, oh, hey, you do you, so, y'all. But it's, it's uh, <laughs> no, it's, I'm naked. It's good. Kenwood, <laughs> try it. Great. Cool. Knock on bad debt. Do we have any thank yous before we launch into the comics? Because we got a oh lot God, of comics. So many of the about. comics to talk about. I do, um, I do not have a thank you, but I do have to again remind y'all about the 2016 EOC gift exchange. Um, yeah, I want to get in on that this year. Yes, same I didn't, I didn't do it last year because I have a bunch of um, take ten trades to give away. So you have um, <laughs> what? Seriously? Don't <laughs> give those as a gift. <laughs> no, only if I want to. Depends on who I get. If I get somebody, I don't. Okay. Get, yeah. So it's yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but seriously, hit the Facebook group page. Uh, if we there, there are a few um, requests that we have to go through and and approve. But uh, if we've been sitting on it for a while, then hit us up on Messenger and say, hey, I am a real person, not just somebody with a bunch of model profile pictures that are updated once every three months but you can email steven uh mr steven water at this ridiculous email at s t j i y o the letter o six nine six nine six nine at yahoo.com again facebook group page will have the email address there as well you have to get your email into him by November 18th, and like we kind of just ran down last week, uh, he will pair you up with someone to send a gift to. Let him know if it's domestic or international, depending on how, um, cause it's a shipping thing. If, you know, a lot of people in the U.S. don't really feel like shipping something to Australia or England or, uh, anywhere other than the lower 48. So, uh, like I said, Steven's got all that squared away. He will set you up. Whoever you are sending to, does not mean the person is sending anything to you. It's all a big mix match. We've been doing it for a few years now. Devin has um, stepped aside, and Stephen is taking it this year. But it's it's been a huge blast over the years. It's one of the highlights yeah. of the uh, of the old forums. And seriously, it, there's there's been a lot of fun. And it doesn't have to. Be, again, we'll get into it later. But it doesn't have to just be comics it doesn't have to be trades you're trying to get rid of it could be anything once you get in touch with the person you are sending a gift to uh the sky's the limit i've received cookware i've received dipping olive oil i've received books i've received shirts it's just it's so much fun and and i love everybody who's a part of it so uh if you can if if you want to take part in it then uh like i said send steven an email and and that is uh your EOC gift exchange reminder for this week. Look at that. Wonderful. On to the comics. Love it. Cool. Jason, would you like to go first? I mean, y'all want to 
You want to jump in? Want to tag on some stuff? I think I feel like we have a lot of stuff, especially after last week. Uh, might not being able to make it, we that we were saving up. No. Okay. Yes. No. Shoot. Initiate. Well, how about one of my most anticipated books of the year? Oh, a pairing of 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 two of my favorite creators in the world. Two two people who won EOC eleven o'clockers last year under my my column. Mr. Matt Kent and David Rubin talking about Ether. Uh, Vince is going to say, you sure you don't want to talk about something else, Chris? Seriously, you don't want to talk about anything else? <laughs> Wait, That's the what? one you want to go with? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? What the hell? Okay, let's talk about Ether. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I no, please, please go. Don't don't let me stop. You. Oh my goodness! I know he's got the vapors now. He hurt his heart. Oh, I don't even know where to go now. now. Why don't you tell the people what it was about? Oh, I will. First of all, it was glorious. <laughs> the first two issues were phenomenal, and much it love. Was beautiful. To, much love to Dark Horse for letting us get our mitts on these issues uh, early. Right? Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with that. All right. It's about. Boone Dias, who's an earth scientist, and he's been chronicling the ether, which is like a magical realm. Um, in the first episode, we're kind of thrust into this, this existence. He has to get there in a way that would be analogous from a storytelling st- standpoint to like riding the river sticks. Only instead of riding a river, you're kind of like crazy teleported in and all kind of discombobulated. Almost like thrown, like a cannibal special. Yeah. Violently. Yeah, violently. Um, and he's asked by the mayor to solve the blaze, who's a, a, another character's murder. And it kind of sets up this world where adventure, fantasy, magic are all commonplace. Um, and it's clear that even though we're thrust into the present and what's like a murder mystery, it's clear that Boone has spent a lot of time here. Um, again, chronicling the place. Um, he's a bit of an adventurer and then he vaults back home to what presumably is our earth or some analog of it. And it appears as though on our, on when he's back on earth, he's like a homeless dude, like, uh, that people think is kind of like crazy, like a crazy old homeless dude. So it makes you wonder, um, like, is he imagining this? Is it real? Like, did he have a journey that got into this place on our earth because he insisted that things were happening and people thought he was a crackpot? Um, you know, in one of the flashbacks, he actually says he doesn't believe in magic, but then the first time we meet him, he's in this magical realm chronicling it. Um, and, and then we can't, that was, you know, that's kind of set up the first issue. And then, and then he's back in issue two, um, and this time the person that sends him to the ether, his name is Glum. This time Glum comes with Boone, uh, to find the maker of a magic bullet. And it's literally a, like a sentient bullet that was responsible for killing the blaze. Um, and, uh, and again, we get more flashbacks kind of setting up his first experiences with the ether and, uh, being able to enter the ether pool in different ways. So, you know, the first two issues are essentially world building, um, and I am an unabashed Matt Kent fan as a writer. I think he's brilliant. 
And Dave Rubin is at present probably my favorite cartoonist. So pairing them up, I have nothing but the greatest of hope for the series. But clearly, I'm uh, this is not a unified view. So what didn't you like about it? Are you talking to me or David? Either one of you. I thought it was very pretty. I, I, I'm with you. I think Rubin is a fantastic um, illustrator. The uh, versatility mm-hmm. of the man is, is on display in every page, I thought. The various characters and, and creatures and the, the, the architecture and landscape. He does have a Paul Pope edge, which is okay in my book, right? Um the the like the cityscapes that we see and it's just it, it looks like an an alien world whenever it just looks like you are not in familiar surroundings and that works for me i i think the storytelling was was great it's just the the story was just uh, i i don't know it was it, the, first of all initially when um boone we we first meet boone it's like he's talking right to the reader. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at me. Here I am. I like this. Um, and I'm going to see this person. And hey, uh, Glum, what's up? And then like he's, he's explaining everything as he's going along. And for someone who doesn't like a whole lot of dialogue like you, this book was really dialogue heavy, this first issue. It was. Yeah. So you will alleviate, you will remove your restriction depending on the creative team. <laughs> well, I, 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 that. Will, I will remove my restriction in the rare case where the dialogue, although plentiful, is all fantastic. Okay. <laughs> no, I, 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 dialogue here. I'm right. I'm not saying I disliked it you because are. I didn't. It was no, no, I'm not. It was an enjoyable experience, but I maybe expected a little bit more from Mr. Kent. Okay. I thought I thought the first issue was a little thin. All right. All right. And when you end with a murder mystery, yeah. It doesn't exactly pique my interest. Um it it doesn't light a fire under me to pick up the second issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I I this is visually it's stunning. But that's the uh, entirety of my enjoyment was the visuals on this. All right, all right. I would be a fool to say it wasn't a gorgeous book. My my credibility would be very much in question if I did that. It's it's uh, a feast for the eyes, but maybe I just was not in the right mood when I was reading it. That happens, mm-hmm. right? Um. I'll give it another shot. <laughs> Don't do it on my account. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm, I f- have, um, misjudged things in the past. Well, that's for sure. Yes. Dap's quiet as a mouse too, though. He didn't like it either. Uh, I am definitely more in your camp, Jason. Oh, uh, that's my name. Right the, here. the, uh, get a right. I enjoyed flipping between the first two issues. One thing, the the first issue, it was, it was weird. I read the first issue, and I'm like, okay, I can't wait to dive into the second. And I'm reading the second, and for whatever reason, you know how when you're watching a new TV series, and you watch that pilot episode, that first episode, and then things feel just slightly different 
from the second episode on, everybody's kind of getting their bearings and, and it's just, it's a different feel because they only filmed the first 30 minutes to get everybody. And that's kind of how the first two issues felt for me. The first issue for whatever reason, and, and not many comics make me think this way. It felt like a pilot issue. And then things just looked or felt read slightly different in the second, uh, which is fine. It still tells the story and, and, and they're working well together and, and I'm digging the story. It was just, it wasn't a, especially since when the second, when the first issue ended and you're right in it in the beginning of the second issue, it, there was, since they were kind of seconds apart from when one ends and the next one begins, it, it, it they're, to me, they just felt like a, a, a slight shift. And, and I'm going to say in the quality, it, it, it's not, doesn't mean that the quality was bad. It just felt slightly different. Um, I love, I'm really enjoying the flashbacks because obviously this is a very brilliant man who, for whatever reason, whether, uh, something, I'm pretty sure something happened to the love of his life, uh, whether he's to blame the cause or, um, now, like you said, he's pretty much living on the streets. So something happened as far as the two of them go. Um, I, I, I thought the whole Michael Hutchins thing was neat in order for him to get to, uh, to where he needs to go and, and, and. <laughs> it's what? cruel. That's cruel, dude. It's, 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 but it's, <laughs> I'm like, I'm reading, I'm like, oh, alright, so we got some auto asphyxiation going on here, but no, he's, so you have to kill yourself in order to get there. It, it, and it's, it's, um, and then he's got the triangle when he is over there on his forehead. Uh, obviously he doesn't look as ragged when he's over there because maybe that's what's in his mind. I love the world. I, I absolutely think that even though shit is so crazy over there. And like you said, there are sentient bullets and you have creatures that are talking to you and nobody, but it feels as, as silly as it may sound. It feels real. It, it, the physics on this world, the way they're presented, feel like they would all exist, coexist with each other and everything. And, and it doesn't, nothing seems out of place, even though everything is nuts. There's still rules to this world and, and I seriously appreciate how much work Kent is putting in it to, to, to make everything click and fire on all cylinders and that Rubin is just drawing his ass off and bringing the, the ether world and the real world into, um, giving them distinct looks and, and, and the color palette and as, as bright and colorful as Either, it's just, it really is a, um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really, when I saw the two creators, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to get it. And especially, I mean, I heard Jason talk about it. I see it in previews. It's, it's a no brainer. Uh, but I avoided anything as far as teasers or, or preview pages. And, and I had no idea. So when I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the preview copies we were given, it's, I'm, I'm blown away and I realized when I ordered the second issue last month that, uh, for whatever reason, I had missed the first and Christina is, um, putting that in the next shipment for me. So I'll, 
I'll have them because this is something that I, I, I do kind of want to have. I don't want, um, it, it, it's, it's a story so far that, that I feel like I, I want to be able to go back to and read it when I want to without having to, um, fire up the iPad or read it somewhere else. It, it, it's something that I, I kind of want to have around, I think. And, and, uh, I am, I'm liking it a lot. I, I, uh, I do hope. Vince will give it another shot just because when, when the fifth, sixth, seventh issue comes out, I want us to, to be able to go back and see where we've been going and, and where we are and what new mysteries are going on. And, and I want to know more about his, uh, failed relationship before he hit the skid. So it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot here that, um, so much. That I'm really, here, yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me I'm wrong even before we get to the point where I where I admit when I'm wrong. Uh, sort of kind of. But no, no, I, yeah. I I didn't say I'd stop reading it. No, no, you, you just. I'll, I'll continue and, with it. And obviously, no, there are certain things. Um, it's not a hard sell. When a book looks as good as this, I will stick with it. But it's also very easy. There are some creators where I, it. it it's Ken Rubin and, and Jason's going to be giddy for it regardless of what the subject matter is. And sure. I think there, it could happen where he doesn't mean to over, it's not overhyped. You just might have a higher, you might be expecting something more. And, and I don't think I wasn't let down. I don't think there was anything. I don't think there was any major buildup for me to be like, Oh man, this was, I expected so much more, but I, I can, there are just certain creators where any of us could be talking about something coming out from them and we're all in and one of us will read it and we'll be like, Oh, all right. Yeah. That was a book. Yeah. And And, and it could be that because I, I regard Kent as one of the best writers in the business. You do. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. If it was, you know, if it was Kent and Rubin on, on Ninjack, then shit, it'd be all up in it. (laughs) All right. Let's move on. All right. What else, what else do we have? I got lots to talk about, but I want, I want to make sure, um, Jason, did you read Superman 10? No. He's like, I'd have to read two through eight. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I left off at three, but it's cool. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? So now it's time for me to berate you. I don't like hell out. That's true. He doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. We gotta, I love this cover. The makeup cover. Did, did, you know, okay, Superman number 10, written <laughs> by Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Gleason did the pencils, Mick Ray did the inks, and John Calise, uh, provided, provided the color art. This is the first part of a, uh, an arc. It's called In the Name of the Father. The Dinosaur Island didn't last long, did it? Two chapters. Issue, and boom. Yep. That's it. I like that. Yeah. Keeping it fresh, right? I agree with you. I think this cover is spectacular. He nails every one of the characters. And one of the the most striking things to me is the muscles in Bruce Wayne's um, head. Yeah, right. You could you could, you could tell that jaw is he's clenching that jaw sense, so tight. Yeah, and uh, um, I like the his portrayal of Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even even the Clark is is spectacular. Uh the gist of this issue 
and David is not going to agree with me, but so be so be ready for that. Um, Damien's keeping tabs on Jonathan. Damien is cut. He is the son of Batman, so he is going to pick up some of Dad's traits. And like being a dick. Bruce has has files and and data and everything on the majority of the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Why not Jonathan? Or uh, why not? Why shouldn't Damien do it to Jonathan? Damien's argument is that Jonathan is young, does not know the extent of his powers. They're still developing. He is not reliable. He cannot depend on the results of his powers. So therefore, he must be monitored. He must be tested. And I agree with Damien on this one. Of course, you when do. you are when when you are the son of the most powerful being on the planet and you share some of his powers in theory you should be put under under uh observation because you could be who the hell is damien no see that's that's what do you mean who the hell is damien damien is is concerned as batman he's not doing it it. he's no see this is this is why i get annoyed when 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 kids start to this is like Zach on the strain. Just any any annoying little kid. It's just like it, it's. I well, get it. First of all, you know, Damien's not annoying, but whatever. <laughs> oh no, ahead. not at all. It's it, it's like shut up. Let grownups handle this. It's like if Dad wasn't dealing with it, why do you think you need to deal with it? Because Is he Batman sees it. So no, it's, it's it's he sees a deficiency. Look look look. Yes or no? Damien is far smarter. Than the majority of children his age. Oh, he's 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 smarter than adults. Yes, far far older than him. Mm-hmm. He right. he's been with rigorous training. He's he's very intense. He's Bruce's spawn. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, all right, and he you learn by example. He sees dad gathering data on everybody. Well, if if my role model's doing it, oh, but maybe that's... it's the right thing to do. No. Maybe when I'm older, when I have experience, when I'm mature enough to know what I'm doing, you can't, you can't just see, I, I know, I know little kids, little boys are going to mimic their fathers. They, they, they see dad, you know, going up to the counter and getting a cup of coffee. Little boys are going to go up, you know, grab a cup of milk. And I, I know it. I, they, they, they mirror what they see. And I absolutely get it. But if Damien is so goddamn smart, why isn't he smart enough to know? Maybe I can rein this in a bit. Maybe I don't have to jeopardize no, no. everything. Because if, 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 if Jonathan is so unreliable with his powers and you don't know what's going to happen, Damien puts his accomplice in harm's way because they didn't know about his freeze breath. And it's like, so you're that smart, but you're not that smart. And that's, it's, no. it's, I get it. I get it. He wants to do the right thing. But there's a right way to do it. And, and that's, and that doesn't, listen, it's still a cool story. And I'm, I'm, I'm into it because I like, I like the way Gleason's drawing all of these characters. I like Batman. I like Superman. Jonathan is growing on me in this book more so than some of the other books he appears in, but it's, I'm along for the ride in that regard. Damien showing up in it isn't making me go, Oh, I guess I'll come back to Superman in a couple of months. I am going to, ride this out but oh i mean just it's just it, it damien just reminded me how much i dislike the character 
But okay, and this is now Dame. We, we've already established that Damien is smart. When Damien comes to a conclusion, as he does here, that Jonathan should be under surveillance, mm-hmm. he doesn't question it. That is the right decision for him. So he acts on it. There, there's right. one thing about this issue that I wish I've been asking you to read this series for a while. If you read the the Robin Son of Batman series that Gleason also wrote, they don't tell you in this issue who Goliath is. You don't know what Maya means to Yeah, to this, and, and again, and this is the other thing about DC and being allergic to, to editor's notes. I don't know. They right. do it in a couple of books, but not right. in when when it matters. But yeah, okay, go ahead. Long long story short, in, in Son of Batman, Damien was tasked on a year-long trial called the year of blood in order for him to graduate from the league of assassins he had to perform a task every day for 365 days and bring the spoils of those tasks back to talia and after he had completed the entire year of blood he would make it through the league of assassins he did a lot of bad things in that year he killed people Mm-hmm. One of one of them, one of the people that he killed was um, Morgan Ducard, which is he was called nobody. Uh, he was an assassin. He had the powers that you see in his daughter. That's Maya Ducard in Superman Ten. That's Morgan's daughter. Um, she initially wanted to kill Damien for doing what he did. Um, long, you know, it, as it turns out, they eventually reconcile, but not after Damien did some soul searching and feels terrible about all the things he did to get through the League of Assassins. So he wants to repent. He wants to atone for all those wrongdoings. And in Son of Batman, he embarks on the Year of Atonement. He makes right everything that he did wrong. He stole uh, a guardian's head from the, the, the this these one this one people. He brings the guardian's head back. And one of the things that he did during that time was he had to um, steal this scepter of kings that was in in this temple, and the temple was guarded by dragon bats. That was the temple guardians, and he slaughters. All of the guardian bats, except for one, and he didn't kill it because it was a baby. That's Goliath. He raised Goliath as a baby. Goliath is totally bonded with with Damien. See, they don't tell you this. Mm-hmm. They just throw you into this issue, and it's like, well, I, I can't expect them to do a whole page of recap, but it would be nice for someone like David, who who's reading this, and it's like, oh, who's this chick? I have no idea who she is. She's working with Damien now. She's helping him atone mm-hmm. for everything that he's done. But again, there's no clue of that. That's why I wish you would read that because one of your favorite characters makes an appearance. I will read it. Do you know? I'm just going to tell you so maybe I'll, I'll instigate. Well, you pretty much, I, I think you gave that one away. Death strokes this in afternoon. it. Right. Because you mm-hmm. said he draws a beautiful death stroke. He does a fantastic death stroke. Um, Maya's father, the nobody was working with Deathstroke. 
doing nasty things. He was on Deathstroke's payroll. He was supposed to meet Deathstroke at a certain point in the story. And because, and he, he obviously Deathstroke doesn't know that he's dead. So Maya was receiving the transmissions and quit. And Deathstroke's like, nobody quits on me. So he traces the transmissions back, blah, blah, blah. They fight and Damien holds his own with Deathstroke. You'll, I'm not going to say the extent of the fight, but you got to read it. That's Damien's awesome. He's so he's so arrogant because he's so freaking good at what he does. You didn't see this kind of arrogance in Dick, right? No, uh, seriously. Damien's really good, mm-hmm. and he is cast from the mold of the Batman, son of a demon. It, it's yes, he's he's Damien Al Ghul. I I know he's mm-hmm. so he's got. The best and worst from both sides of the family. I, I, I get his reason for being and I, I, I realize, you know, he is who he is, but it still makes him to me to read a very grating character. Of course he is. And he knows it. But there are times it, where, yeah, I get it. I, I get if a character is behaving a certain way, it's supposed to, you know, invoke certain feelings, and that's and and it's and that means the writer and the character doing its job because it's 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 why you're supposed to feel. But it, it's one thing for me to want to see Damien get his comeuppance. It's another for the. It, it's that's a good thing. It's not a good thing when I get to a character and I'm like, this dude has just turned me off the book. And I put it down. That benefits nobody. So mm-hmm. I, it, it's not, there's, it. I could understand that if you were reading a book where, if you were reading Robinson of Batman. I'm not going to read this anymore. I don't like this character. It's the title character. But when Damien appears as a player in Superman, you get the payoff you were looking for. Again, which is right. Which Jonathan is, punches him in the gut. And, and they get, and they get in each other's face and, and they talk about, you know, killing pets. And it's, I, it's, it's a, it's, it's not Peter and Johnny. It's, 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 we're not in that kind of relationship, but it's, it's definitely a, uh, a more severe, um, and younger relationship than, than Superman and, and Batman have ever had. But I, I, I think, Especially when when he uh, when Damien tells uh, Hasey to keep walking, and he turns around and he shoots him a look, and and the smile under mm-hmm. his, that 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 floored me. I think that is that that sums up the character. I thought that that was a perfect depiction. Gleason yeah. absolutely nailed it, and and um, but again, it's just it's Damien is a character. I'm. It's great that he exists. And and like I said, he serves a purpose, but he also causes me to roll my eyes. So it's 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 give and take, and I'm gonna finish this because I it's so, ch- so chances hard. are really good that you're not gonna read Super Sons. That's Tomasi's next book. It is right. Is that that's not? But John Boy's doing what the Titans? He's not doing the. What book is John, John Boy Myers is on yeah. um Teen Titans, yeah. Okay. Um I might I who's drawing Super Sons, do we know? I don't know yet. I don't know. No, I it's listen, I'll I'll probably check out the first issue just to see. But, you know, I I like 
if Tomasi's drawing it, then at least I know that that Jonathan is going to be consistent to the one in Superman. Right. Um, right. And you, you have to, you got to give them props though, because the kids, you could see the fathers in the sons. Sure. John, John is totally Clark. He's, he's naive. He's optimistic. He, yeah. he gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. He just wants to help people and make people feel good. And I mean, and it's, it's, instinct he doesn't even think on it yeah i'm gonna go see if i can get my dad a christmas tree like the the kid is just warm-hearted when and then you got damien who's everything you said he was but he's got a pet dragon bat that see that's where the coolness comes in to me where i i think they realize that the writers have have realized that damien needs something to separate him from being just another robin so they hooked him up with you know the whole trials with the League of Assassins, and now this this dragon bat uh, Goliath. There there are things that Damien has that set him apart from all the other Robins, which is a good idea, because otherwise he would you know just be another in a long string of of decoys, right? But Damien's not a decoy. He's he's his own little man. I love him. But anyway, but uh, I thought this issue was great. But it's it's unlike the average issue of Superman from what we've seen so far. Yeah, it's it's a lot of um of Batman. I mean even Batman closes out the issue, but Yeah. Um And I like that they mentioned uh Damien mentioned that yeah, you screwed up my dad's room. Yeah, the so moon that's, that was good. Uh and Superman shows and it's the second time where um he comes barreling in, um being the overprotective dad. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it's fitting. Pissed it makes off. sense. He is, he's extremely pissed off, but again, he is, Superman is not, he's not from this particular earth. So, uh, he's, he still has to be a little leery of, of what, what's going on. And I mean, his, right. his wife was followed and wanted by intergang again. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, the Superman needs to make sure is is okay, and if if someone comes around and abducts Jonathan, yeah, he's going to fly off the handle. So it's um, okay, correct if I'm wrong. Super, uh, Batman and Green Lantern did not change in continuity with New Fifty Two. Correct? That's that's always been my impression. Then why is this not the same Bruce Wayne? If the continuity didn't change. Well, it's not that the continuity, I think it's that since Snyder was, whatever story Snyder was writing when Flashpoint New 52 happened, like that, that version of, it's like that Batman still exists and, and, but see that, that's where it got strange because if they, they, has Dick been Robin in this universe or has he kind of always, because you had, you had, yeah, Nightwing, you had Red Robin, you had Red Hood. It's like, I don't know if. And Barbara Gordon's not wheelchair bound in this universe. So. Right. But that's because when the Gail Simone series started, when Batgirl started, it was Barbara Gordon and she was talking about how she was in a wheelchair and how she no longer is. And, and it's so that's so where this could be the same Batman then. Yes. But just 
don't I don't fuck think with so because all if, you have to do you don't have these problems anymore. If um, but when you think about rebirth and Wally showing up, or no, Barry giving Bruce the letter from Thomas Wayne, it's again you know that so there is again Barry fucks up a timeline so it's it's just it's. <laughs> Never happens. No, it's, it's <laughs> way to be consistent. So it's, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to derail it and try to f- figure out, but I mean, yeah, it was when the new 52 started because, um, even though everybody was getting new numbers and, and was kind of starting over from scratch, I remember points were being made that with Johns and Green Lantern and Snyder and Batman that, that they, they were bringing the baggage with them, whereas everybody else was starting over from scratch. Right. See, that that confuses me. Right. But whatever. All right. Jason, what do you want to talk about now? You seem exasperated. Like, you're like, what is? What do you want to talk about? No, it's just it, that, that it, it, the, those the kind of things hurt. The continuity things mm-hmm. hurt my head. Um, and and it's I, I on the one hand I want to say yeah that shit doesn't bother me right. I don't really care about it but on the other hand it kind of does mm-hmm. right. you know when it's when it's Batman so that you go through the whole Batman litany and it's like so what happened what actually occurred what does this character know right. why it's, it's, it, I don't like to think about it but it's, I sometimes do. Will you all be thinking about uh, this American Monster uh, number five? Why don't you guys team up on that? Why don't we? Because I know David read it. What'd you think that? I um I was a little surprised at the last couple pages. Mm-hmm. Um But it's it's uh Yeah, there really isn't anybody to like in this series. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> it really is. I mean anytime you think that Oh, okay. No, he's a dick too. It's just, it is absolutely, um, it's, it's kind of like the Sopranos, but in the woods, um, <laughs> it's, there's, I'm not, every character, um, is really, whether they're, being used, whether they're, um, whether they're a pervert, whether they're a really dirty, deceitful reverend, it's, Azarello is, it's, it's not 100 bullets. It, it feels a little bit like 100 bullets. It's in that vein, which is fitting, um, but it's not 100 bullets and Wando's art, is is killer. I thought it. it I'm a little surprised because I didn't think, based on the subject matter, I really didn't know if his art would fit this as as the series continues. But it's kind of hard for me to see to think of anybody else drawing this story. I didn't really know what to make of him as as a team, but I'm I'm really glad that they are telling this story together. And now that the, um, the first arc, the first story is over, we kind of have a little bit more insight as, uh, as to why certain people look the way they look and why they're behaving the way they're behaving. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that, um, it, it, 
ends on a little bit, it ends on enough of a cliffhanger where you're like, it, it, it's kind of a holy shit moment. And it's, you think you might know what's going on, but you're really going to have to read more to, to see if you're right and where it's going from there. But I, I was really, um, I, I really, really liked it is, is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, you hit on a lot of, a lot of the key points. Not surprisingly, I think the idea of, um, there was a little bit of hundred bullets five for sure. And of course that's inevitable because of Azarello, but you know, I wasn't sure how Juan's art would translate to a story like this. That was by Azarello's own <clears throat> acknowledgement, you know, supposed to be really bloody and visceral and, um, Wando's art so clean and streamlined, but, but he's done a great job at this, I think, so far. Um, you know, the best thing I can say about a new series, and I guess I'm being fair, maybe we weren't saying this about the, about Ether, is that, uh, you know, with the new characters introduced, do you want to, do you immediately clamor to find out more about them? And if the answer to that is yes, then I think that's a huge testament, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I would say that, uh, I don't know, like it feels like this book's gonna have a lot of heartbreak, right? Like, <laughs> The family's just like a disaster in waiting, I think. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, and I'm pleased because I read the first four issues not realizing that there was more to come. And I was like, oh, I'm like, that was a pretty empty miniseries. And then you were like, oh, boo, uh, American number five. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. All right, we're still going good, good, good. So that was relieving. But yeah, it's nice. I, I you know, I, I think Juan told us when we saw him last year at New York Comic Con and starting this book that, He's not fast enough to do, you know, an issue every month. So they've been trying to get some in the can and then soliciting. So hopefully they keep that up. Cause I, I don't think I'd want to see a replacement artist, even a fill-in, because his style is so distinctive. Yeah. And it's not, I don't think we need, um, normally when you have somebody come in for a month, it's so you can do a spotlight on a certain yeah. character. And I don't think we need, I don't think we need the whole issue on Seesaw Man's origin or the deputy's mom. I, I, it's like, just, just tell the story you're telling. We can all live in real time with, with, with some flashbacks to help people get the way they are, but, um, keep it consistent with, with, with the look, the feel and keep the story going linear. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be happy with that. I think, uh, I think the only person that I kind of, Feel sorry, not, not, I don't feel sorry for Will because of his, he's got to deal with mom, but, uh, the only decent character is the deputy. And, and that's, but because of the story and the subject matter, I'm not sure if you can really kind of trust the deputy to be all, uh, on the up and up. So we'll, we'll see, but it's, it's, there is nothing that, um, I don't think I keep getting surprised with the book, but there isn't, um, not, not take for granted, but I wouldn't be, nothing's going to happen. I, if, even if I am surprised by the actions of the characters and it, it wouldn't make me think that it's out of character for them to behave that way. It's just, there are just some really, um, not right people in this book. 
and if if you enjoy a a story where there are some just really fucked up in the head characters, then then this is definitely. And it's not like they're not not everybody's malicious, and they're they're not you know trying to murder and maim house pets. It's just they're just they're they're latchkey kids, or they're just they're 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 neglected, and and they're just they're taking advantage of the situation you're in. They're just it's it's not a comfortable environment to be in and, and to kind of, I'm, I almost read this at arm's length because I don't want to get too close to what's on the page. It's, it's, I, if this was the same dude writing DK three, I'd probably be enjoying it a lot more. Huh. Always got to go there. I just, this is, this is the Azarello I, I, I like reading. There you it's go. strange. It's not, I mean, it's not like, oh, you'll love this book. You should, it's, but it's, it's not a, um, no, there's, there's, there's a time and place for a story like this. And it's, it, it reminds me of like the, um, when Andrew Vax would write, uh, the, the, the Batman stories about, you know, the, the, the child, the, the child abuse and, 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 yeah. Child, that's that's kind of what this feels like. It's just it's icky. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That's it. No, there's bad people in the world. They make for good stories, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Well, as long as because, as long as, what? Go ahead. No, because the 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 more despicable the character, the comeuppance is that much sweeter, right? When, when they finally get put down for all the reprehensible things they've done, I, I really enjoy bad, bad characters. Nasty, despicable bastards. Because then when you get to that issue where they, they finally buy it, it's, ugh, it's cathartic. As long as it doesn't drag out for too long. Like there's, it, it, it the arc needs to, it's it's yes there there needs to be that 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 closure the the comeuppance needs to happen but if it's been eight years and there still hasn't been you know the dude is still getting away with everything it's like that's not there's stories there are some stories that 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 should end but yes i i yeah they make good stories it and you mentioned the strain and you hate Zach, and I do as well. And I'm, I'm pretty sure David or Jason does too. But you, you, uh, from what I can tell, you know what's going to happen. We're not going to see resolution with that character till the very end of the series. Yeah, and it's going. They're going to they're going to drag that bastard through the whole right. thing. And it's it would probably mean more if it meant more for F to take out his ex-wife. I mean, he kind of just, they were wrestling and it's just, it happens. And then Zach gets all, ugh, it was just that, that whole, it was like, listen, we got, it, it's the season finale. We have to wrap this up and, and move on so we can kick off the next, the, the final season. And it just, it, cause all, what do you mean final season? Next season's it. I- they yeah. said that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they announced oh, boy. that. Um, they, uh, 
Yeah, they said 2017 is the last year. So, um, I course is just like, listen, guard this button with your life. Don't let anything happen to it. And like, little boy blue gets his feelings hurt and all of a sudden he's just, that's the first thing he's going to do is I'm just going to press this button. What the fuck does that do to dad? Do something to your father then. Don't, don't just take the, your anger out on this button that he said, whatever you do, don't press it. And it's just, yeah, that it scene just, didn't make any sense. Exactly. It just, it just so that yeah. they could get to that big, huge scene. And so that, um, the master, I'm trying, I don't want to, it's so, so that everything that the good guys were working for can get, since this is the season finale, we've got to have the cliffhanger. It just, they needed to get to that point and they were just like, well, fuck it then. Let's just, it, he's right. got the button. It was, it was, just, there was no consistency in, in the, in the, in the characterization because correct. even Zach, that's not my mom. Right. You're not my mom. Right. And you know, like when you see the way she almost tried, she, how many, she, what, twice she tried to, to, to chomp down on him yeah, with the, with the tongue. As, as soon as the, and, the master's presence was gone. Yeah. She's all like breathing on right. him. And then he gets pissed off at dad because you killed mom. You, you know, it's not mom. Dad knows it's not mom. It's a vampire. So he, he actually did the world a favor. And, and now you're you, dad. You let Nora die and you just walked away from your father to go with you're not mom and you're gonna right. Right. Oh God. Yes. It doesn't make a lot of that. sense. And then to to just kill innocent people just because you're pissed off at your father for something you shouldn't really be pissed off at him for anyway. Uh yeah, I just hate the character. I think it, it's it's I'm sure he's more fleshed out in the books. And and they they probably made that scene make m- much more sense in the books, but on on the show, it was like okay, yeah, whatever. That irks me a lot. It's like anybody that gets close to F, I I dislike them immediately because <laughs> I I think he's such a such a dickhead. He is a dick. Uh, he's undeserving of of being the the lead in this show as written. His character is just pathetic. And poor Fett, because all all he's like, listen, Dutch, I'm trying to like you know save your life. Nah, I'm gonna go with this old dude now. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I'll go with the old man, okay? <laughs> Jason, why are you so quiet? He's got mute on. He's... Does he really? I don't know. Oh boy. Did he leave? No, he's still, uh, he, you know, he's still there. He's probably got to take care of some business. Walk in the room. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the finale of the strain was not all that great. Uh, did you watch last week's The Walking Dead? No, I didn't. <gasps> did you no, watch the I... episode after the season premiere? Oh, yeah. With Carolyn Morgan. Yes. And yes, he... I did. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think Ezekiel's great. Oh, I do too. Now, I'm in unknown territory now because yeah, I are. did, no, I did not progress past issue right. 100. So right. everything's new to me now. It feels kind of good. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I it agree. Um, I have encountered some negative commentary about the tiger. Where <laughs> it just, uh, yeah, it's, oh, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, it's, it's weird. Well, doesn't that make for great TV? Like, comics should be ridiculous. Here we are in a post-apocalyptic society where the dead are coming back to life and chewing on, on living. 
and a tiger is what sets you off. Right. No, I know. And it's and it, it's not like the tiger was walking around the woods of Georgia and and as he no, like, he explains it. He's like, "Listen, it was a zoo. I was <sighs> I mean, come on. If 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 you were looking for someone to follow and this imposing man in dreadlocks with a tiger in tow, I'd be like, "Yeah, this guy's got mojo." Right. He's he's got something working on the tiger. The tiger is is loyal to him. Well, why not? And he even you he know? even admits he's like, listen, I know it's not logical. It makes no sense. The tiger eats more than ten of my people. But I just it's it's so at least they're acknowledging the fact that it it seems a bit bizarre. But this is the world we live in. I'm guessing that the tiger's all CGI. Is it? I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I thought it was a fine episode. Um, it was a welcome change after the one before it, right? I didn't really want to go see some some major shakedown or shakeup right after that. Um, no, I just but it, I think they've they've set the tone for the season now. So it'll be Alexandria, then Carol and Morgan, then Daryl, then back to Alexandria. So we'll have that for the next couple of months. It's not. It's going to be a lot. It's it's. I don't know if everybody's going to be back together by the end of this season again. So, but I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to write it for them. I just, it, it's definitely one of those things where I, I just, as long as that's, that's the rhythm they're in and it, it's not like we're going to, I don't want to see some shit happen to Carolyn Morgan at the end of one of their episodes. And then I got to wait three weeks and is it going to pick up right where that left off or has time pa- it's it's the the timeline doesn't really bother me because obviously we've seen you know we know that it's been days you'll, you'll see it when you watch last week's episode it's it's enough there is a passage of time mm-hmm. and and that's and that's apparent and and by the time when this weekend's episode when that comes out Rick's telling, based on the trailers, the previews, Rick's telling the group, listen, you know, this is, this is the way of the world now. And, and, um, they're obviously back at Alexandria and, and again, so days have passed, however long it took them to get to back home. But, um, it doesn't look like we're going to have too many cliffhangers that need to be resolved in the immediate following week. There's, there's a, there's a passage of time, which I think we need anyway, because it's, I don't, at least with the strain, we know that it's been like, you know, 21 days since the event happened in the first episode of the first season. I, I don't know. There've been, we haven't seen a whole lot of seasons change on the walking dead. I mean, the, the, the clothes get a little ragged and, and hair gets a little long, but we don't know if it's been, months or years since the the, the virus so it became so apparent and the dead started walking again so i don't but now it seems that there's going to be uh, we're going to see some time pass and and which again like i said i'm i'm the point i was getting at was 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 that i'm fine with so we'll i'm after last season i'm i'm Still optimistic and, and, and I want to see where, where everybody's going this year. Yeah. I, now if I were Rick, you, you look around that world and it's like, okay, honor and, and loyalty and, and, 
love doesn't really get you very far in this world. It, everything has changed. If I was Rick, Negan is using Daryl as the bargaining chip, right? You don't do what you said. Well, you, if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm going to kill your boy, and then I'm coming for you. All right? If if I was Rick, I would go back to Alexandria with the pregnant woman, maybe do one run for Negan just to make him think you're on board, let her have that baby, and I would take everybody and hit the road and say, Daryl, it was fun, but see you later, buddy. I would get the fuck out of there as soon as possible. Because Negan doesn't have... He, I'm sure he doesn't have a standing army. He probably has a nice group of... A, a large group of people, not... But he doesn't have an army. There's no way he can canvas that entire region to make sure that Rick and company aren't, like, running rabbit. So why not just leave? Is Daryl worth that much to him? That he would put everybody else's life at stake just to appease Negan? What would you do? It's... He almost chopped off his son's... So even if he... Well, in, yeah, in that situation, he was... But even but I'm saying if, if Negan's in his head now and it, it's... It, Maybe in the back of Rick's mind, he doesn't want to run the risk of Negan finding him and doing far worse to the people he loves. Cause even if, even if Rick leaves Daryl and anybody else that, cause he also doesn't have Carol and Morgan, if anybody else that, you know, that Rick ever talked to, if Negan finds them, it's just, it's, I don't, I, Rick is too good a guy. <laughs> To have all that on his conscience and be, he doesn't, it's, it would make sense. Just be like, yeah, fuck it, leave me and, and just, you know, get away from here as far as you can. But that's not, it's not, for me, it's not so much that, oh, it's, it's just the way the story's written and, you know, and they're not going to get rid of Daryl and you want to make sure, you know, you, you're reminded that, you know, that they're friends. I just think that Rick is, he, he he was a cop. He's too good of a guy to to let that happen. He's just he's going. I and he probably also just wants to wait it out and see, and and not wait it out in a positive way. Just I I think he needs to regroup and get his bearings. So even though this is how it is for now, he's going to come up with a plan because he's not going to stay rolling over. Mm-hmm. I, I think, and, and that's. I'm, I'm a little behind on the books, but, and I know that things are already different as far as Negan goes in the books, but it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't think they're, I don't, I don't think the character of Rick Grimes on this show is wired that way to, to leave Daryl. What would you do? Me or Dan? Either one, what would you do? Would you, would you do what David is assuming Rick is gonna do or would you get the hell out of there? Um, whew, I w- no, uh, I wouldn't get out of there. No? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why you would? Hell yeah. You'd be out. <laughs> I, w- I would take everybody I could and get, get the frig the out, of out of there as fast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Find a nice, a nice defensible position, preferably 
on a on a hilltop or a mountain uh, somewhere many 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 miles away from there yeah mm. yeah mm. but what if all right what else we got to talk about besides tv stuff uh y'all get up on that bitch planet or no oh no oh i haven't read that in a while <laughs> how's that going it's been slow to come out so you haven't really probably missed as much as you thought what was the last issue you uh, read nine just came out but it had been a while it's been like every two months or so, I feel like. Well, do tell. What's going on? Well, um, it's... Uh, so, we were left off with... Uh, and it was it's probably more than two months. I don't know. It feels like a lot longer. But um, we were left off where there was... Uh, My- Mikey, who who was, was one of the prisoners that was killed. You know, her dad is uh, an engineer, and he was brought to the prison um, to help build new facilities for the game that they're getting ready to play. And um, he keeps wondering, he keeps wanting to see his daughter and uh, obviously she's dead. So they don't, they're trying to like not make it happen. And he insists. So they finally let, uh, let him quote unquote see her only it's a, a, a hologram. And look, I mean, anybody that any parent would, you know, you'd see right through that, right? No pun intended, but you would. So he, he, he figures out quite quickly that it's, it's not really his daughter and he knows something's up. And that was last, that was kind of how the, the final, the final moments of the, of, of the eighth issue. So now we're, we're, we're into this where he's, he's made the realization. So dude's an engineer. So he takes control of the control room and basically, um, takes over the prison and, and, and incites a riot. And at the same time, um, there's been one prison cell, which was unchronicled and no one knew who was in it. And it turns out that it's, uh, the woman, uh, whose name is Doan, who, uh, is really the, they, they lead us to believe it's the, like the, the, the progenitor of the reason that the bitch planet exists in the first place. Like she was such a powerful agitator and inspir- inspir- inspirational leader that they've kept her hidden and, uh, they, they free her and she sort of takes up arms with her fellow prisoners to fight the powers that be. Um, you know, the un, the, I feel like the, the unheralded, um, uh, star of this book is Valentine Delandro. Um, I, as I've said many times when we talk about this book, Kelly Sue, to my mind, it's far and away her best work ever. Um, I've not been a fan of a lot of her work, but I think she's doing a great job with this. But Valentine is, uh, just so good and, and, um, the one or two issues where he's, they've had a fill in, uh, it just has paled in comparison to his work. Um, I just think he's, he's set up the characterizations in the universe and the setting so well that, um, I just, I, I wish every issue was done by him and I hope that the vast majority are over time. So, uh, just continues to be a great series and, and it is one, I guess, where you have to be patient because I just read it when it comes out, but I have no idea when it's coming out. And it's, uh, for some reason, been a very, very long... Since that first arc, it's been a long time getting the second arc, uh, getting through the second arc. I mean, we're about halfway through the second arc, and it's probably taken about a year to do that. So, But if you're a patient reader, uh, then uh, you should definitely keep up with this. It's 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 excellent. It's, uh, it's, it's, I would imagine it's going to go down as her crowning achievement when her career is... Uh, is when you put a button on her career. Nice. But y'all are it's, way behind on that, I guess. Yeah, I, I dropped off around issue four or five. Mm. What about the Vigilante Southland? Oh, David. Look, he's talking about Vigilante. Oh. 
I was I, I was waiting, waiting to hear what you had to say about this. Um, I I must admit I didn't listen last week. Did you guys talk about it last week? No. Oh no. no. Waited. Oh cool. Well, it, it, Vigilante's your thing. That's one of your favorite characters. So That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so why yeah. don't you get up in it? <laughs> I read this because uh, you said I'm going to read Vigilante Southland, and it's one of your favorite characters. I so I don't want to. I'll I'll chime in, but this is your baby. The we all have, or I have, specific versions of characters that are my favorites, and I had no idea what this was about. Pretty much just like the Vigilante series from a few years ago that uh, Rick Leonardi drew and, and Walt Simons did the covers for, and that had nothing to do with the Vigilante that I read in the 80s, which was Adrian Chase, District Attorney, introduced in Wolfman and Perez's New Teen Titans, and that, from the look of the, um, from his reason for being and the look of the outfit, I was pretty much hooked. So if I hear Vigilante, it's like, I'm going to check it out. So, uh, I saw this book solicited and figured, fuck it, it's Vigilante. I got to check it out. It is not, um, it is not connected, at least this first issue in any way, shape or form to, uh, Adrian Chase to the Vigilante character from, um, way back when, and, and actually you don't even get a, um, vigilante created by credit on the cover because it is a, it's just because he's got the name of a character that used to be a motorcycle riding cowboy or a district attorney or anybody else, um, or blonde cop from the pages of Deathstroke. It's, it's just vigilante. The character is, is the same, but the person wearing it, uh, the outfit is not the same. So this is written by Gary Phillips, who I was not familiar with until I Googled him and found out that, uh, he wrote through the hard way. He is a, he's a novelist. It's, it's, um, so the characters in this book definitely, uh, it's, it's not somebody winging it. It's, it's somebody who is, is familiar with, uh, with the locations, it's Vigilante Southland because it's take, it takes place, uh, out west, Los Angeles. It's, um, in South Los Angeles actually. Uh, very much on the streets. There's gangbangers. There's a, um, there's a little bit of, um, a little bit of a thriller, a little, little bit of a, it's not so much of a mystery as far as, you know, who, who may have done any killings, uh, but there's going to be a reckoning. The it very much feels like a story set in South Los Angeles. I think the characters in in the book, um, all the players, kind of feel real enough as far as the setting and, and their motivations and and why they would do what they do. It's um, I think it's a six issue miniseries. The art, I'm sorry, the uh, I said, written by Gary Phillips. Your artist is, um, Alana, uh, Casagrande and, uh, Drew Labrusco on colors, Todd Klein on letters. Mitch Jarrett's at your cover, which was, um, pretty neat to see. I 
no idea what to expect going in, and I am going to definitely check out the next issue just to see where things go. It's it almost part of it as I'm as I'm flipping through it now, rereading it again as I'm talking to you guys. There is a slight early early days 100 bullet vibes I'm getting. I, I, I it's it's not the art in any way, shape, or form. It's just it's it's just the look and and the the way the characters are being introduced. I'm I'm getting that uh, a slight slight vibe in that regard. But I I really liked it, and and I think uh, again it's one of those books where the artist might have someone in mind if this was ever going to play out in live action. But I I. Uh, I liked it probably more than I expected to, considering that it has nothing to do with anything vigilante that that makes me giddy about vigilante. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I um, I was a little less taken by it, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I thought the art was. Um, it wasn't bad by any stretch, but I, I think it was just, it just was like, like basic art. I don't know. Like it just seemed like a, like stock art to me. Um, wow. Yeah. I didn't, uh, but the thing, I mean, the art was fine, but, but I guess the thing I just really didn't like the, the, just the book seems so full of exposition and, and, and like we don't see him in costume Doing right, much that that for the... that majorly annoyed me. That it's because he's all over the cover, and it's but yeah, first issue, and and all we see is homie playing with some trinkets. I that that annoyed me. Now the the mace, like the I don't even know if it's a mace, but whatever the fuck that thing is that he finds, it's a bolo. Bolo, is that magic? Is that is it electro like? Like it, it get like gets wired with electricity. Is that is that a common part of vigilante as a character? Is that no? With power? This is, is that no? It it the vigilante was very much the Punisher. It, okay. it, 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 it was it was the Punisher and Daredevil because he's a district attorney, and if if uh, basically just like Matt Murdock, if if he if he can't get justice in the courtroom, uh, then he'll follow. The suspect in the after hours and then punish or just kill him. But right. And uh, vigilante is, is very much in, in that vein. But no, there was, it, it was just, he had guns and he, and he had his mystery machine. It was just, it, it was him in the van minus mm-hmm. microchip with guns. And that, that was vigilante. Whereas this, I'm guessing whatever, uh, whatever his girl was doing, um, with not just, this the the um the jacket and the outfit but she apparently had some toys and um and that's so I'm a little concerned obviously he, he knows how to fight but I'm I'm going to be kind of bummed if if he just puts all this stuff on and and starts playing with these toys and and now my man is like again iron fist out in the streets <laughs> kicking ass and it's like so you just yeah, I so I'm hoping that there's going to be some, some growing pains in that regard, but mm-hmm. it's, um, I don't know if, if it's one of those things where if, if he's just trying to find out, get to the bottom of, of who killed his girl and, and why, 
um, anybody was even after her to begin with. Um, th- this could have been just a straight up Vertigo style book with, with, with a mystery component and instead of bringing a, a character who's the name of a character that it's just, I don't, I'm, I'm waiting for the vigilante part to kick in. And, and right now I'm not because I don't know why this, I, I don't know why they're using the name just yet. So, got it, got it. um, giving them the benefit of the doubt right now, but, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I, I am curious to hear Vince's take though. Bored to tears. Here you would be. Yep. I made it through the first issue. I don't think the art's that bad. Uh, I, in fact, I don't think it's bad at all. It, 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 it reminds me a little bit of, um, Dennis Cowan when he was paying attention. I can see that. You know, like when, when he was, when, when Dennis was, had a, a lot of time left to meet the deadline. Cause Cowan could get real tight when he wanted mm-hmm. to. And this to me, it looks, it looks like tighter Dennis Cowan in some spots. But this, like, I, I don't care about this story. I don't care about any of these characters or, I don't, I don't know. It, yes, the loss of a daughter is a very bad thing. But it's just, I don't know. There's no soul in this book. I, I need more I could, pages. Yeah, I couldn't find a soul, right? The, the, go ahead. No, it's just it, it it plays out like uh, an episode of of a of a crime drama with with a semi superpowered um, person thrown in. It's I, there, there was really this is, book is obviously not for me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and uh, on top of it, I have no knowledge of vigilante. So if there are homages or asides to the original stuff i would never know it so there's there's really there's not a whole lot to this book that that speaks to me in any way right no, no knowledge even when uh other than the stuff in in uh what is it, titans right or um i've read vigilante in other books but i've never ever read the Vigil- say, like, even when peacemaker killed him and it's a, that was but it was um it's, I think you could find a lot of the old Wolfman vigilante books, um, on the cheap. Cause it's not like the series went on forever. Um, well, I told you I have the entire run digital that I'm going to read for you because I want to see what, mm-hmm. if you, if you love the character, there's got to be something to it. Mm-hmm. And I need to, I've read, I've read a few issues here and there. Like I, I read the, um, I read the Gil Kane drawn issue a couple months ago. Uh, I read the Father's Day story that Alan Moore wrote. It's so I do want to read though from the beginning and see if see how it, uh, see if it's rose colored glasses time or if it just if 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 I remember it more fondly than it actually was. It's I, I don't I know part of it, maybe more than part of it, is a product of its time. Uh, but I still want to see if it, if it hits some certain notes. But as far as Vigilante Southland, I need more than, than two pages of the character and costume. And I'm hoping I'll get that with the next issue. Uh, 
to Jason's point on art, I think some of it is a little stiff. It's not, it doesn't move as fluidly as some of the other books we discussed tonight. But, um, I know Phillips knows what he's doing as, as far as novels. I, I this might be his first comic work. I, I don't know, but I'll, um, I'll, I'm going to read the second issue and, and see where we go from there. And, and I'll let you guys know, but it's, it's, let's see if it's going to be my in your travel sometime down the future. But yeah, no, I, I definitely get both of, um, both of your points on this one. Yeah. It's a little too real world for me. Mm-hmm. I need to escape. I need sure. sure giant red, you know, dragon bats, and this kind of. No, I got to say, uh, yeah, I, I owe Vince an apology. Oh Ooh. boy, Ooh. I like where this is going. Right, affronted and perpetrated a little bit on uh, on uh, Omen, drawing uh, Kate Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> He did not listen to last week's episode. Uh, oh, I didn't. No, I didn't. Not yet. It's uh, it's in the queue. But uh, but I, I got to say, you 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 were right, man. Oming hasn't looked this good in a long time. Yeah, he stepped up. Yeah, he really seemed to, to get behind this, and he showed a lot of um, creativity in his cartooning that I hadn't seen. At least, at least I don't think of when I think of his work. Like you know, some of the psychedelic stuff, the way that I see things. Um, mm-hmm. the panel layouts, very, you know, very interesting panel layouts choices. Uh, sure. So yeah, man, I, I, I gotta say, I, I, I have not been, I, I was really stoked for Young Animal. I really was intrigued by the idea of a, um, uh, a Vertigo-esque new line from DC with Jared Ray being at the helm. And, um, I thought because he's a comics lover, but relatively limited in his experience, it could be interesting. And, 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 and thought provoking. And I, I haven't been all that impressed with the first two forays, but, but, uh, I know, and I know we're on the opposite sides of that one, but, but I, I, I thought this one was, was really, really a lot of fun. Um, now, um, just answer this. Uh, I, I think I already know your response. Did you read any of Shade the Changing Man? Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't care for Shade the Changing Girl. Mainly because I'm not a fan of Marley Zarkoon's art. Okay, well that could be a drawback, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I didn't have an issue with the story per se. I just I, I really find her art very stiff. Um, but th- but this book was dope, man. Again, I, if y'all talked about it last week, I'm, I don't spend much time on it. But but I, I thought it was great. I, I I I it wasn't just about the art. I thought the story was was quirky, but but fun in a throwbacky way, and um, just just definitely a little bit trippy, a little mind bending, but. But not at the expense of telling a cohesive story. Um, you got the metal man up in there. You got uh, crazy aliens, or at least alien-like creatures, which I thought were, were drawn wonderfully and made for a nice action-packed sequence. Lots of goop. Um, and then you got a crazy <laughs> reveal at the end. Yes. So, which awesome. I don't know if that has. Is there any history there between those two characters, or? Not, but I don't think between the two characters per se, mm-hmm. but. You know, uh, Wild Dog. Yeah, but I'm is, saying, is there no? I don't think okay. so. Cool. Because Gabe Carson is is that he's vintage. Yeah. He's 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 a Silver Age character. So I unless they brought him back somewhere along the line and commingled him with with you know pre, uh, present day then mm-hmm. DCU. I don't remember ever these two characters meeting. 
And then you got those Shioli pages, the one for Osis Absolute uh, uh, They're gorgeous. They're so gorgeous. Absolutely just classic Shioli. So, yeah. no, I, I'm very, very happy with the with, with first issue of Cave Carson. Yay! Y'all liked it, too? Yeah, I loved it. Cool. I'm grooving on all the Young Animal books. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for it. To, I, I got Mother Panic to, today. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, uh, Sean Crystal's doing some of that. Sweet. I think he's doing, like, issue three or four, but, yeah. Cool. You could just tell that Tom is like giggling as he's drawing Over this here. stuff. Love it. Um, what the hell was I going to say? Oh my god! Something insane. So wait a minute. Oh yeah, now that I remember, you weren't on the episode. David and I talked about the first issue of Doom Patrol. Were you? Because no, yeah, I he was. So. No, I was. No, wait, no, I was. No, I was. So I got the impression that you liked it. No. No, I didn't care for it. That that's you're it, freaking me out now. It, it's very it, inaccessible. He, yeah, and because when I said that um I mentioned that it's something you may not you may not dig it, but I don't think anybody can can really judge it based on the first issue thinking that right. they know where it's going and and it's Jason didn't, didn't take offense to that but it was one of those things where it's like you know I can definitely see somebody reading this and going yet yeah, it ain't for me and putting it down and I think that's yes. where Jason exactly. was yeah. wow yeah okay well that's the great thing about our threesome we can we can bring a lot of different stuff to the table we don't always agree on right. yeah now, Vince, I was quite surprised when I mentioned loading something onto the DB for y'all, and I had assumed it was something you had read many years back. Yep, I know what you're talking and about. you had said, much to my shock, that you, as far as you could tell, at least at that moment, had never read this. And that is the world of the Oh, Dina. yes, yes. No, I, you know, memory is fleeting, right? If, if this... Um, stuff was serialized in uh heavy metal i don't remember it that's not to say that it wasn't mm-hmm. but um i'm i i went through a good chunk of this book and nothing's clicking like i don't recall reading this so it's all new to me um and jason is of course talking about mobius uh, and the world of Adina, published by Dark Horse. Uh, this is the first um, volume of the Mobius yeah, Library. Yeah, exactly. Right? And that's why I bought yeah. it because Mobius is one of the greatest cartoonists of all time, and uh, uh, arguably the yeah, greatest. Absolutely. But, yeah, it's just semantics, right? I mean, whatever. <laughs> Dark um, Horse does such a great job with these archival books. So the fact that they're putting out a library of them, I just figured a great great time to collect some Mobius art. Yes, it's it's true. Um, I have a difficult time reading Mobius because I don't read a lot of it. <laughs> the, the words are a mere distraction. When when I'm going through a Mobius book, mm-hmm. it's all about the art to me. And I just, I, I try and figure out what he was thinking and, and how a person, uh, a human being, could actually conceive of some of these layouts because I think Mobius is godlike. I really do. Um, his knack for just putting lines on the paper and making you believe that this is intricate and um, 
unserviced machinery, like that one panel where the guys are coming down the the conveyor belt, and you see the machines in the, the in the background, and they're they look like they're leaking, and it's just the little touches that Mobius puts into everything. That's like like why why the why the Alien movie was so dirty looking. A large part was because of Mobius, because all his his vehicles and 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 machinery they look like they've been used forever. True. Nothing nothing looks new, and it, it it's all in the line. And and to just come from a an approach like that where he gets away with nothing more than a horizon line on some panels. Yes, you're right. And it's like holy, this, it's crazy that the the to conceptualize all this stuff and, and the themes of I'm going I'm going I'm going all out because I, I Mobius is very special to me. Uh, he he means a lot because uh, the, obviously the dude's on a pedestal. But I, I try and, and think of, of how he could have came up with all this. And, and, and the mind boggles. I think it's, I think the, the artwork is extra human. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you said something really, really, uh, the idea that his, his world, which is so futuristic and, and so, um, unique in his, his art choices, yet, it does feel lived in. It feels grimy. It feels mm-hmm. used, and that's a hard balance to strike, man. Like, I mean, there there aren't many sure. guys out there that can do that with a consistent basis. And uh, I mean, even like the like costumes that a lot of the characters are wearing, the the kind of like the the suits that are you know somewhat ceremonial, but also help them breathe. And it's like they're like these strange, canicular, like almost like like big giant dick noses that. Yeah. Then like it almost, but they're designed and then, but then they kind of go through the head. So it looks looks almost like people are in like wearing a latex suit that's been impaled by a a beam and, Mm -hmm. uh, just, just really odd choices, right? Like alarming choices that, that, uh, you just wonder what was going on in his head when he decided to do these, you know, just crazy colors. I mean, like orange and yellow polka dots against juxtaposed against maroon, juxtaposed against like lavender and black. It's just, just strange choices. And, Bold. Yeah, really bold. I, I will say, yeah. like with you, I, I can't suggest to you that I read every word balloon of all 360 pages of this. I I <laughs> started reading it, and it got pretty, pretty quirky, pretty wonky, you know, pretty ex, you know, I don't know, experimental for like quickly mm-hmm. and and psychedelic, and so I kind of did what you're suggesting. I I kind of just started going going through the art and just just took the story in through the art. And, uh, I, I don't know if I'm worse for the wearer for doing that versus taking the time to have read the whole thing, but I certainly loved the experience of going through the, the, the collected works of, 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 of Adina largely just through the visuals. And, um, I don't feel like I missed out on anything. So I don't know that the story really, I don't know if the story necessarily holds a lot of value relative to the, just to the, to this, just relative to the illustration. Right. So. Well, I love Mobius, but the, a lot of the stories are gobbledygook. Yeah. I mean, that's my perception of them, but this is actually loose Mobius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Have you, yeah, yeah the, the, like the airtight garage stuff where it's just a, a flurry of lines and everyone is perfect and it's so detailed and, um, the, the, the Inkle stuff is, is somewhere in between. It's like, uh, and the, the have you seen his blueberry work? Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy. Like the man could switch it up on a, on a, depending on the storyline. It's, it's a, which Mobius is this, you know? Well, this is not the, you see it. Like I think if you look at the, in the very first 
pages when we're introduced to the two characters who are both men at the start and then one becomes a woman. Very simplistic figure, oh, yeah. right, I think. But then you get halfway through the book and I mean there's just like super tight, very voluptuous, very, very uh emotional looking humanoids, right? And so Yeah, and chapter three is when it starts to get yeah. really really tight. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, this book is fantastic. And like yourself, there was times when, um, I would just forget that there was actually text on the page yeah. and just. But kudos it, 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 it's, this is the first volume of, I don't know how many they've got, but presumably uh, they, if they're going to do this, they're going to do it right. So I mean, we're, we're going to have a bunch more of, of these to talk about. Yeah. The dick nose. <laughs> it does look like a dick nose. Some of the noses are bigger than other ones. And that's, that's how the world works. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought it was, it's, it's impeccable. There, there, Mobius is review proof to me. Mm. At, at least as far as the visuals go. There's, it, his, his artwork is just, um, he is in the league all of his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to make the master list, and Mobius and Kirby are not way, way up to the top of the list, and there's something wrong with your list. I think they're cut from the same cloth, too, Kirby and Mobius. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think it through. Like, I don't know. I guess I don't think of them visually as, I mean, are, do you just they're mean both- their ability to build worlds and be creative? Is that? No, they're both visionaries. A lot of the, the concerns that Mobius expresses in his books Mm -hmm. jack also jack was very very far ahead of his time not only in in drawing ability but a lot of the stuff that falls under the 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 new age banner jack was very concerned with that um and 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 it drove a lot of his his stories and it's the same with mobius like there's there's a lot of forward-thinking revolutionary ideas in mobius's work and that's the same with kirby you know, like questions about the soul and the afterlife and, and birth and death and, and energy and, and are we, you know, are we alone? And Jack was all over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. They're both thinkers. Mm-hmm. The, the, the best of their, uh, continents, let's just say, I guess. Sure. Yeah. God, to be able to draw this well, I'm just going through the book and it's like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I love him, but I, I, he's, I'm just so jealous of Mobius. So Dap, that, uh, Occupy Avengers. Boy. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I'm out. I knew I'm it. out. Go ahead. I want to hear about you out. Did you? Reading that. Meaning you didn't read it or meaning you don't want to talk about it? No, I, I didn't read it. But I would like, I would love to hear your take on it. <laughs> why, why did you read it, Vince? I didn't read it. Why, why didn't you? I don't wanna. I just don't, I have no desire to read it. Cause, well, cause you know. So I gotta say, like, when did the setup of this book happen? Because when they intro <laughs> the book, I'm like, wait, what? When did all this happen? Did this happen during Civil War II? I I don't know, maybe. Because I don't I was gonna ask you, since we know who the totally awesome Hulk is, um No, I, I where don't has have yeah. been. Okay, so um apparently, spoilers, uh, the three of us have not read Civil War Two. Um but it would seem 
according to his many inner monologues and thought balloons, um, I'm sorry, thought captions, that Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, killed Bruce Banner. That's what I've heard. Of his Hulk. Uh, and so now uh, Clinton's on walkabout, just uh, going from town to town. And this is... This is a book that decades ago would have, this very much reminded me of the... Our Traveling Heroes? Keebler of, uh, no, oh. of the Keebler Say No to Drugs issue with the Protector and the Teen Titans. Cause this is nothing, this is, I love, I love David Walker, but this is definitely a, um, well, it's, it's, it's obviously, it's, 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 very strong political book, but it's a, um, it's one of the, it's, it's a PSA. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's what those say no to drugs books were thanks to Nancy Reagan. But it, it doesn't, I didn't really get a, a hard trial and heroes feel from it. it. It's Hawkeye's teaming up. It's, it's the new Avengers, uh, solo Avengers team up book. And it's, it's Hawkeye and, um, uh, the, the Red Wolf and, they are going to get to the bottom of this town's tainted water supply. And um, I guess I, based on the, the title of the book and the cover, I should have kind of guessed as to what the, I, where they, what the, where they were going with the book. I had no idea it had to do with, with, um, with water in this regard, but it's, it's very timely and, and, and topical book and it's, since I'm not a huge Hawkeye fan, I think, I think David did a, a solid job in writing the character. It definitely feels like the, the fraction Clint. It feels like the, the Lemire Clint. It, it, mm-hmm. I don't know how hard it is to write Hawkeye, but it, it, this, the voice is very similar. It's not like it, it's, I don't think, you know, Hawkeye would never react this way or behave sure. this way. It, it's, I'm getting that attitude. I um, agree. I kind of dig him in this setting because we've seen him in the city. We've seen him with the Avengers and right now he's just out in the desert, um, dealing with, uh, um, very, uh, very stiff, Security forces. I, I don't, I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure why. I don't want to say I don't know why this book exists or, or what, what the reasoning behind it is, but it, it's, it's, I read it on a whim and I finished it and I just, I wasn't, I'm not sure is basically what I'm, what I'm getting at, I think. Well, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure I'm one and done with this book. <laughs> I'm, with you. I'm, looking for I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be nice, but I think, yeah. No, I mean, real talk, I, I don't, I just, this book, the more I think about it, it had to be from Civil War 2, because number, number one, that's the only thing on Marvel I'm not, like, reading. And number two, it says that, uh, that he killed his longtime friend after a futuristic vision, and that was the, the crux of Civil War 2, right? They had that kid that could see the future, and, was getting in all sorts of trouble because 
Some of the heroes thought they should use him to police things in advance of them happening, and others thought that, that was no cool, not cool. Um, oh, it's Minority Report. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, we've joked in the past about certain artists having a wide range of outcomes, and Pacheco have, has drawn some of my favorite superhero books of all time. Uh, there, are, there are issues he has drawn that I genuinely think are masterpieces. But sometimes, I don't know if he's had a bad week, if he's rushed or whatever, there's, I mean, there's, there's good Pacheco and bad. Uh oh. Uh, no, oh, sorry. No. I was just that. no, I was just saying goodnight. <laughs> sorry to, to myself. Sorry. Um, there's good Pacheco and bad Pacheco. Um, and this was not good Pacheco. I, now I will, I, I agree with you. And there are, but Pacheco, unlike Shaken, who pencils and inks his, his own yeah, self. Yeah, no, you're on it. The inker is the, the problem here. Because, yeah, we've seen, I mean, Pacheco's done amazing work with like Jesus Marino. Yeah. Uh, but then there's some other inkers who are just like, wow, that is a really shitty pairing. And I have no idea what else Rafael Fonterres has, has. I was going to say, I'd never heard of the guy either. So he's probably relatively yeah. new. So um, it's just a case of the inkers not, the inker isn't doing Pacheco justice in this book. No, agreed. Absolutely agreed. And the, uh, Sonia Obak is the colorist and, and Obak has done some great work in the past, but again, I, I just, I don't know if, um, maybe the, the team is not giving Obak enough to work with. It's just some of the things just seem off color wise as well, but no, it's, yeah, I, it, Unlike everything else we've talked about tonight that I'm going to keep reading, even if, like, like Vigilante Southland, I'm going to give that one the benefit of the doubt. I, I pretty sure I, um, I gave this a shot and, um, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I, the cover alone is reason enough for me not to pick up this book. It's interesting because the art inside is much different than the cover art, but yeah. For sure, yeah. No, I mean just just the 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 theme of the of the cover, like Hawkeye, no no costume, well somewhat stealth costume, standing in front of a multi ethnic group with children. It's like I, there's no nothing's compelling me to read this. Right. I find nothing. I find nothing interesting about that cover. I don't know what's going on. But then when you go in, like I like Pacheco as much as y'all, but um. You know, Hawkeye's not in costume. Red Wolf's not in costume. There's really nothing. Uh, they're in the desert, so there's really not a whole hell of a lot to look at in this thing. I don't know. This I just find this issue, from what I can see, not having read it, it's just lukewarm, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And Walker has, I think, when when. When conversations are taking place and and the things going through Hawkeye's head, I think Walker's on point with that. I thought it was it was it was witty and I was enjoying reading it, but I was enjoying reading what what, what people were saying and how they were reacting. But um, on the page in this setting, with everything else going on in the package, it just it it isn't meshing for me. Right. I mean, look, David Walker has uh, gotten the short end of the stick, in my opinion, in a lot of the books that he's been asked to do. And I know he's probably cutting his teeth, and he's like, you know, got to take the books. He's probably at that point where he's got to take the books that are offered. 
in most cases, and I respect that. Uh, all I think he's a talented writer. Again, I think we loved, you know, we loved his Shaft stuff, obviously, and yeah, um, I think he's doing a great job with Luke Cage and Power Man. Yeah, Power Man artist. Uh, um, but Nighthawk was rough, and didn't think Cyborg was all that. And I'm not not really feeling this one. So I, I don't know. Feels like I'm looking forward to it when he he's big up enough that he can kind of pick his own his own stuff, his own path. Right. So now I have heard that I am woefully wrong to have given up on Flintstones. Yes, you have. Yeah, I I I co-sign. You all read issue five, right? Sure. I only read the first two, but I might have to. I might have to catch up because I uh, I heard the uh, the I fanboys giving it uh, big love last week, and then I saw you all. Oh, so now? No, no, no. Yeah, no. It was their pick. Of, it, was it was their pick of the week, and then I saw y'all doing your little. What's up, Boo? Can I get this book into DB Boo? And then y'all were like, "Oh, I got to get up on this." So I thought, "Oh, damn!" I'm like y'all are up still with this book, and uh, Ron and Josh and Connor like the book too. So maybe I slept on this book. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it is the. Um... I heard I heard Barney Barney's uh, impotent. <laughs> <laughs> he is. It's the most sperm happened in there for him, poor dude. Um, yeah, we get the. Uh... Kind of the origin of Bam Bam. It's, I mean, as far as we get the origin of the Great Kazoo, it, there are, yeah. the things that they're throwing in this book that, um, you would just shrug off or take for granted or just, it, it's, I am, and there, it, it's, it's like the, uh, I was laughing right at the beginning of the first, first page of the, of the, um, of the fifth episode. Because, um, if, uh, if, if you don't, if you vote for Ralph or he'll punch you in the beef and just, just to see that and hear that. And like, if you say it out loud, it's the stupidest thing. And it's like, and he punches someone and they go, Oh my beef. And it's just, it's, it's so <laughs> stupid. But it is when, um, <laughs> but Mark Russell and, and Steve, you are just doing some, it's, it's really fun. I, Pew's art is insane. The way he draws Fred yeah. and Wilma, it, it's it's just I can't. There there are flashbacks to to the war when when uh, so so you get you, you understand the, the reason for the lodge hats. It's um, uh, boot camp was insane. It's. But even the, the the issue before that, where they're talking about um, marriage, because a lot of the old timers are, um, you know, don't be monogamous. It's 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 the worst thing that can happen. Yeah, monogamy is looked at as like a uh, an aberration. Right. Like Just, it's not right. And it's how it's it's so slick and subtle. I don't, I don't find it heavy handed at all when they, when, when, when Russell is trying to, not even trying to, but he'll, he'll make sure to hit it home when it comes to current events for us. Because the marriage <laughs> issue, you, um, you actually, you, you meet Adam and Steve and 
and they want to get married too. And the guy who's all for marriage, he's like, no, 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 that's, that's not, now we're going too far. We can't have, we, 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 we can't have a guy married. That's just, it's like, and it's like, but wait, I thought you were being all tolerant before you were talking about how everybody needs to be open minded. He's like, no, no, well, that was before when I was, it's like, oh, so it's just, it's so, it's, it's just really, really well done. I think I, yeah. I, I am really enjoying it. And it's not when you it, it, they make it look deceptively easy because one issue will have related themes like this. This the issue five five is called domestications, and you get Wilma and Fred going on a, a little retreat to to you know spice up their marriage and the whole thing with the monogamy being wrong. But then you get all the appliances, the animals that. The domesticated animals and dinosaurs that serve these people are questioning what they do. Right. And those two, and the, the two themes work well together. And it's, it's essentially a, a sitcom as it should be, like, cause that's what the Flintstones was. But there are so many different concepts weaving through each issue that I, it just, it, it's mind boggling how they pull it off in 22 pages. Yeah. And, and uh, I love the part where uh, Fred's confronting the the uh, whatever the Reverend guy, and he's like, you know, I know these guys. When I was little, I grew up with them. When I was little, they say they they helped us live. They saved many of our lives. He goes, just because they're, they're two guys, you know, they they're as valuable as anybody else. Right. And 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 the guy's like, yeah, maybe I should think about this a little bit longer. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's just fantastic. And, Pew draws a smoke in Wilma. He does. Yeah, absolutely. Oh does. my God, she's Bet, great. Betty's fine too. Yeah, Betty's fine, but I think he puts more mojo into Wilma. He likes the uh, and then, then there's Doctor Sargon. Oh God, <laughs> Professor Sargon, who he's the smartest caveman because he's Carl Sagan. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, and and I, I really was expecting they, they have a space um, issue number three, a space oddity. Uh, dealing with going out into space and, oh, and I, I, I love the, um, when they're talking to the newscasters because there's what is in, in the, um, that's, that part had me dying when, um, they were talking about, okay, what do you think about marriage, Rock? I think it's an immoral threat to our way of life. She asked, really? Why do you say that? His response, because it wasn't around when I was a kid. That just, that, hammers it home as far as the mindset for so many people who are just so afraid of change. But the third issue when we're dealing with space and and aliens, I so expected the end of the issue when um everybody everybody who was getting zapped by the aliens ray guns that they were just they would show up at the end because they were they were just transported somewhere else they really didn't just get disintegrated but no they did they yeah they people just straight up die in in this in this series it's it's nuts it is absolutely crazy it's probably even after catching up on scooby apocalypse and i am behind on future quest it is likely the flintstones is it's a safe bet. It's my favorite of the uh the Hanna Barbera books DC's putting out. Yeah, it's a good choice too. I like Future Quests a lot, but the interludes because Doc can't 
is he he isn't able to do every issue on a monthly basis so they're throwing these that's what i'm i'm assuming so they're throwing these brief interludes in in the middle of the storyline future quest is a tough read for me because the 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 story doesn't progress at a at a logical pace you get this oh here's what happened to birdman you know and it, it's it's tough it derails the narrative when that happens Maybe that's just me. No, but no, it's it's not. It's still a great book. It's just that once you can see them picking up ahead of steam, like two or three issues in a row, you know you're in for an uh, an aside somewhere. But um, yeah, I'd have to go with Flintstones as the best one too. I can't wait for Jason to catch up. Yeah, man, I'm gonna catch up on that for sure. Now I have a question for David. Having read issue five, there is a creature that shows up on the first page, and his name is Kevin. Is that the the chameleon creature from Monsters Incorporated? Wasn't that guy's name Kevin? The the the, the villain of the first one, the 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 guy that could. Changes color the, and the, the the Steve Buscemi character. Yeah, it, that looks like that character. On the first page. Yeah, on pa- panel panel three, where he's like, "Hey, score one for Kevin." That that looks like that character from Monsters Incorporated. Are you looking at issue four, page one? You said five, dude. Did I say five? Yeah, yeah. Well. Well, you heard me wrong. I said four. <laughs> no, issue four, page one. Yeah, that looks that that does that looks an awful lot like uh... like it's almost too, and he's purple. Judging by the the thing cooking on the the spear in the first panel, could be right. It very well could be. Yeah. Now I can't wait till Jason gets caught up on this. Oh yes, yeah, so gonna. Yeah, and there's pop culture shit injected into this too. So I hear pebbles. Pebbles has a Nick Cave man shirt yeah. for for Nick Cave. Uh, there's a Bowie reference in in issue uh, five. The Star Bricks. Yep, lots of great stuff. Super. The I well yeah, this is where we part company. I like all the the Hanna Barbera books, but I know the your mileage varies with depending on the title. <laughs> yeah, they're putting out some the, the three of the best books. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, only one place to go if you want to get your comics cheaply, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. You will reap the rewards of massive discounts, such as, please order this, from DC, the Commandy Challenge, number one, 12-issue miniseries, four ninety nine cover price, your price, $2.49. Bean World, a hardcover volume four from Larry Martyr, the genius. Sixteen ninety nine cover price, your price, ten dollars and nineteen cents. And curse words from Charles Sewell, Ryan Brownie, and Jordan Boyd will cost you one ninety nine for issue one. That's fifty percent off the cover price. In your travels, if you love the Warren era as much as I do. I've talked about this book before 
Um, but they're coming very, very close to recapturing the complete feel of a Warren magazine. It is, of course, the creeps from Warrant Publishing, um, issue number eight. I just got it in my, my, uh, Sicilian little hands. It is, uh, features a cover by Kenneth Smith. And if you know Kenneth Smith, if you're familiar with his work, it, um, the guy has not missed a beat, uh, ponderous writer, as Casey Kasem would say, but he, his, his illustration style is amazing. Uh, in this issue, we have Alex Nino does the inside front cover and it's, it's a current piece. This is not a rehash. This is not pulled from the Warren vaults. This is brand new Alex Nino. Um, Nick Poligo, uh, Mansur, name, you don't know any of these names. Mike Dubish, M. Ramlon, but Don Glue. Oh, M. Ramlon? Damn. Yeah, yeah, see. Uh, Nicola Kuti, we know him. Uh, then there's, then there's the Archie Godwin character, but visually, this is coming damn close to the highs that, uh, Warren achieved. Now, I'm not saying Wally Wood, Hi, or Alex Nino. Hi, but Alex Nino's in this. A lot of people, Dark Horse included, they try and recapture that Warren magic Mm -hmm. with varying results. You know, they don't always pull it off. The Warrant people are coming really, really close. In another year, Mm -hmm. I mean, I would expect to see Bird, like they had Corbin in the last issue, but again, inside front cover, like Wrightson may do something, f- I hope for them. They, the, the Frazetta covers on many of the early issues, Ken Kelly, those are the names that you associate with Warren because they worked for Warren. They appeared in Warren and now they're appearing in the creeps. So if you like the Warren stuff and why wouldn't you do yourself a favor and check out the creeps from Warrant Publishing. It's great. Hmm. It's only five bucks an issue. Oh, it's, yeah. I like it. Dead air. Come on. Uh, in your travels, I, um, in between reading some of the newer stuff, I, um, I needed to do some rereading this week and, um, decided to pick these two trades off the shelf. Um, some of you will know what this is. You can get it digitally. Comicsology, like I said, the collection is out there. Um, some of the artists on this series include Steve Dillon, Gary Leach, David Lloyd, Lieber Mayho, Jason Pearson, Chris Sprouse. It's a 12 issue series written by Warren Ellis. It is Global Frequency. It is one of my all-time favorite Warren Ellis books. Um, I dig the concept of it. I completely forgot that the um, third issue had to deal with memes, and it was it reminded me very much of um, the medic book that we read last year, um, drawn by Eric Donovan and and written by James Tinian IV, it was a, um, there, it's, it's Warren, Warren loves his, his science fiction and his science fact, and this book is dripping with it. 
Miranda Zero is the leader of the global frequency. It's a, it's a group consisting of a thousand and one scientists and geeks and nerds and special, um, people with very particular sets of skills. And, and at any moment you can be called upon to help work on, help solve a case and, and, uh, whatever it may be, whether it's a, um, bionic soldier who is killing everyone on the base in the middle of the desert. Uh, um, the global frequency has to stop this soldier because, uh, the, the equipment, the mechanics that are keeping him alive and moving, uh, if, if they, um, if they malfunction or if he decides to blow up, it could, uh, wreak havoc for thousands of people in, uh, in a 50 mile radius and, and they gotta make sure that he can't get off the base. It's just, it's, every issue is, is done in one. You, um, aside from Miranda Zero and Aleph, who is the woman back basically at, at, at headquarters, the one who, um, reaches out to everybody calls you to let you know that you're on a global frequency and, and, and assigns you to whatever tasks you need. Um, those are really your main two recurring characters, but to see what kind of situations the, uh, the crew are going to be involved in and how they have to solve it, uh, makes it fun. But also because like I said, since, since Warren likes to read up on all the crazy science and and technology that's out there he's going to uh incorporate it in his story so it it, it very much that you can always kind of research whatever what may seem like a crazy idea in the story that is actually um something that nasa or some other firm has, has designed and, and has tried to utilize. So it's, but it is, it's, it's 12 issues. Um, I have a blast reading it whenever I do. And it was just one of those things where I wanted to read something that was just a little bit more comfortable, a little more, more familiar this week. And, and if you haven't read it yet, if you don't have it in your collection in, in, in some way, shape or form, then, then please rectify that. It is, it's, um, it doesn't really feel like it's from the, uh, late night. I mean, it came out and started in like 2002, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't really feel like it's, it's that old. It's, it's, it's not dated because it's, it's some of the things that go on in the book can still happen today. It's, um, but it's still something I think you'll, you'll get a kick out of. So there you go. There's your in your travels. Nice. Um, in your travels, I'm going to tell you to uh, put the comics down and pick up your um, Kindle. as uh, a new book out, bestseller. Uh, it's called uh, Hitler Ascent, 1889-1939, by uh, Volker Ulrich. It is uh, a new but widely acclaimed uh, biography about Adolf Hitler, and uh, I would just uh, commend you to uh, give it a read, because uh, as our good... Uh, our good friend George uh, Santayana said, uh, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So, indeed. 
Well, there you have it. Everybody, if you enjoyed any of this, please leave us a review on the iTunes or somewhere else. We really appreciate it. Uh, it helps a lot, and we want to get into more ears because we love you all, and we want the group to grow really big. And um, as usual, somebody's going to say something right after I say it. And may just get it right this time. May. That's so say, long. Say good night. Good night. David. Wow. Pretty close. Oh, yeah. Right, right Jason? Right. Little. Almost, little. almost yeah. there. Yeah. Almost there. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to take me first? Still a little too late. Nah, you nailed it. <laughs> it's all good. We will see. We will. You will hear us next week. Yes. Same time. Maybe on time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Same time with you. Oh. I'm out. I'm out. Trying to be. Got to go for days. Days. All right. <laughs>